How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. All right, I'm here talking to you again today about possibly my favorite marketing topic to geek out on, and that is email marketing. I started learning about email marketing back in 2012-ish probably when we had our brick and mortar store and I needed a way to connect with our customers to tell them about upcoming classes that we had and sales and things like that. And then I continued my journey with email marketing as I helped other local businesses leverage the strategy of email marketing. And they always had the same common questions. They always were asking, how do I get people on my list? And why would people want to be on my list, this so-called list? And what do I say to them once they are on my list? Like when it's not just my mom on my list, then what do I say? And how do I make sure most of all that I'm not spammy, that I'm not one of those annoying emails in their inbox where they're like, I already got 10 emails from this person and I just want them out. Because small businesses care a lot about being genuine and they don't want to be lumped into the category with big businesses who seem to just constantly throw sales at us and just they want our money, right? But they don't put any value or connection in there. Small businesses instead want to nurture relationships with their perfect audience and they want to have conversations with them, back and forth conversations. They don't just want to speak at their audience on a pedestal with a loudspeaker just shouting at them like, hey, buy my product. They want those genuine interactions. They want to get into the feedback loop. They want to actually serve their customers what they need. And of course, if you've listened to my podcast before, you know, I think of teachers with an online business as small businesses, because I believe they share those same values. And so that's part of what I hope to bring to this whole online space is kind of helping teachers maintain those same hometown values and that same hometown feel that local businesses do, the ones that I worked with in our area. They were always hoping to bring those genuine interactions to the online space. And I think teachers do the same because really we're all small businesses. We are usually solopreneurs or we have a small team, we have families, we have jobs, a lot of us still teaching, and our sales benefit our families. We do a little happy dance when they come in, right? When we have one purchase, we're like, woo, this is great. Uh, We hear that cha-ching go through. We're not all about the money either. Like We're not all about bringing in sales. We're also about impact impact on kids around the world and and showing up to help our audience in real and meaningful ways. So the first place small businesses always kind of start their journey is with email. And that was 
true back in 2012-ish when I was working with local businesses. Email was the place where they wanted to start because it was the simplest way for them to connect with their customers. It was a really easy way to serve them on a meaningful level in a way that didn't feel like they were shouting at them, right? But felt like a personal personalized message just between friends, letting them know what's going on. We've got this class. We've got that class. We've got a sale. We've got this event coming up. It felt more like a conversation, a coffee chat between friends. And I found that teachers often want to start email marketing too, um, but they aren't sure when they should start in their strategy and what to say. And they're not sure how it fits in with their overall marketing strategy. Is it the first thing I do? Do I wait till I have a blog? When do I start collecting email addresses? And to be honest, I asked myself the same question for a long time. When I created the Teacher Hustle University Signature Marketing Framework, my goal was to give teachers a solid blueprint to follow when it came to marketing. I saw that teachers were all over the place trying to do all the things when it came to marketing. So I wanted to give them a system, a five-step system, a simple system they could follow that would help them implement the marketing in their online business and then continue to grow it from there. And I wanted to help them balance all of those five steps so that they could really focus on creating their products and their offerings and the marketing just sort of made sense and would fall into place and be balanced and you wouldn't be spending all of your time on marketing, right? That's That was my purpose. And I wanted to help them diversify their income streams and grow their business. But as much as I loved email, I never saw where it fit in. I was like, okay, here's my five-step system. I know that email goes here somewhere, but I don't know where. I wanted to figure out how to help teachers decide what to concentrate on first when it came to marketing in general, how to implement one thing and do it really well instead of trying to do all of those things. And I wanted to teach them the why behind the marketing strategies so that it wasn't just something they felt they should do because everyone else was doing it without understanding why. Um, And then I didn't want them to be spending all of their time on these marketing strategies, but email never really felt like a step in that process. So creating a platform for long form content, right? Like a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel, that's a step after you make your products or your offering you concentrate on creating long form content. It's a step. You create it, you create your blog, you implement it, you get it up and running, you get it balanced in with with your work time, you figure out when you can do them, how often you'll do them. Uh, You learn SEO strategies, you learn keywording, and you build up that piece of your marketing strategy and add to it as time goes on. But email isn't like that. It's not like we do it and then We kind of let it ride out. Email is more of a revolving door. It takes consistent energy on your part. And in fact, the amount of energy that you put into building your email list is going to be reflected in the energy that you see kind of coming out of that list. If you ghost your list and you stop showing up altogether and you stop emailing them because you're not sure what you should say, you started this list and now what? They're going to stop opening your emails. They're going to forget who you are, right? Because they don't they don't really hear from you that often. And when they do hear from you, it's sporadic and they can't count on it. They're probably going to unsubscribe. If you stop putting your lead magnet out there into the world, you probably aren't going to get any new names on your list. It's something you have to be constantly showing up for, which is I think why so many business owners avoid it, because it's like, oh, well, it takes a lot of consistent work. 
and it feels like a nagging part of our to-do list. This piece of our to-do list that's always there and never gets checked off. And it's this thing that we're supposed to do, right? And supposed to do often enough without doing it too much. So do it a lot, but not too much because then you might seem spammy. And then there's all this like scary tech behind it. What email service provider do I choose? And all these new vocabulary words like lead magnet and segmentation and automation and all these words, a broadcast, a sequence, what are these things? And then we have just that nagging pressure to show up the right amount of time. On the other hand, we know email can grow our business tremendously. We've heard the statistics, right? You've all heard these people have told us the return on investment for email is $44 for every dollar spent. And that email drives more sales than Facebook and Twitter combined. So when you when you email someone, it's actually more effective than showing up on social media. And we've heard that it works to make repeat sales and, and create those regular customers because of those conversations we're creating in email. So I was asking myself, where does email marketing fit in with the framework that I teach to my Teacher Hustle University members? And I sat with that question for exactly one year, one year exactly, before the answer just kind of came to me in another light bulb moment that I had recently, where I realized email isn't a step in the five-step marketing system, though I do teach it inside email inside Teacher Hustle University, but it's not its own stack. That's what we call the steps in the marketing system, like building blocks. It's not its own building block. Email marketing is sort of... I picture it like this guy jogging alongside your marketing strategy, always going, always going like the Energizer Bunny, always there. And he's like your hype man, right? He's constantly hyping up whatever else you're doing in your marketing strategy, whatever content or or offers or products you're putting out into the world. Email marketing is hyping that up for you. He's your hype man. He helps to bring together all kind of like the loose ends of your marketing strategy, put it in one package to give your message nice and clear to your perfect audience, all wrapped up in a little bow. Email marketing is the guy doing that, if that makes any sense to anyone but me. So I decided that because this hype man is so special that he really deserved his own show. And when that light bulb hit me, when I pictured that hype man, I knew I had to get started fast because as you know, I'm having a baby. And of course, all good ideas come to you like, you know, two weeks before you're about to give birth. No, it came to me sooner than that. But I put together everything you need to get your email strategy up and running and then to grow it from there. And I wanted to create a course on email marketing that would be complete enough that it wouldn't leave you with any lingering questions. It would help you see the purpose of email and your overall marketing strategy, its importance, what it was there for, the purpose. But I also really wanted to keep this course simple and light and doable so that email marketing didn't feel like this big beast you had to tackle. So right now you can get in on my brand new course. It's called Engage with Email. There are six modules. Each module has a few core training videos, but most of all, the best part is you have access inside each module to a vault of templates and swipe files. It's filled with examples and copy that you can turn around and use in your own business. It comes with, for example, four uh, four examples of welcome sequence copy that you can use right away. It comes with landing page and thank you page checklist to make sure you have all the pieces you need there. It comes with newsletter templates, email prompts, subject line ideas, 
templates for lead magnets, titles for lead magnets, blueprints for your sales funnels, a bunch of launch email sequences that you can turn around and take and use. So if you watch the training videos and you feel like you can go off and write your email copy and you're good to go, great. But if you have writer's block and you're like, I don't know what to say, what does this really look like in action? You don't have to wonder that because the vault contains all of that stuff. Uh, And you're not going to wonder how you should not be spammy or how to get people on your list. My mission with this course was to make email fun for you and fun for your audience, believe it or not, and to bring innovative and surprising and exciting emails to your audience to help you drive sales to your business using this amazing tool of email marketing. But email doesn't have to be boring. It does not have to be boring. It can be fun. It can be innovative. It can be different. You can look forward, people will look forward to your emails. Uh, I already have Teacher Hustle You crew members who have jumped in and are trying it out and they're saying the same things that email actually feels fun and light and that they're excited to hit that send button. They do a little dance when they hit it because they're excited for their audience to receive what they've what they've created. And so I just finished this course like two days ago at the time of this recording. And I'm adding to it with the help of the beta group. So if you'd like to be one of the first to get your hands on it, the course is open for the beta group until May 1st. And then I'm going to shut it down to make the changes that the beta group suggests for it. And it'll be reopening later. But as you know, if you've ever been part of a beta group, you always get the best pricing that the course will ever be in exchange for that awesome feedback. And you know, anytime I have an opportunity to join a course that's in beta mode, I go for it because those people always get the best deal. They get spoiled. And so they get to kind of put their input in and then see it change and see it updated. And then in this podcast itself, though, I'm going to answer a bunch of questions about email marketing. And if at the end you decide that you want to definitely tackle this and implement this, I will put the link in the show notes so that you can sign up to be a beta member of the Engage with Email course. It's alyssamcdonald.com slash email, but I'll put that right in the show notes with you, for you. And if you intend, if you already attended my Engage with Email workshop, I did a live workshop. I believe it, it was over the summer because I, I had to do it from the hospital because I had one of my kids ended up sick. I did it like literally from a closet in a hospital. But anyway, I did a live workshop and it was about email marketing. It This course is an extended version of that workshop. So if you took that workshop, you loved it, you want more, this is the perfect next step for you. I actually retired. I used to sell the replay of that workshop, but I retired that and it's now included as part of the course. So if you get the course, you can watch that live training or you can watch it again if you were part of it. Um, It was one of the best live trainings I've ever done. It had such a great group of people with wonderful questions. We actually wrote a bunch of email copy together. It was like an actual workshop where we stepped away from the workshop for a minute to write and then we came back together to go over it. It was really amazing and fun. And the cool part about this course is that I'm going to be doing more of those live trainings and you'll always be invited to those for free. So it kind of comes with that little bonus. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm really proud of my course and I really wanted to tell you about it, but I have answers for you right now. A lot of people ask me about email marketing all the time, so I sort of gathered their top questions that they've asked, whether it was on Instagram or the Teacher Hustle Podcast Facebook group or inside the Teacher Hustle You Crew membership. Here are some of the questions that you have asked, and I am going to answer them for you here. The first question just uh, cracks me up is, why is email marketing so hard? 
And like I said before, uh, it, it does feel hard. It feels like this thing you have to jump into and you're not really sure why. You've kind of heard you're supposed to. You've heard it's good for sales, but you don't know how to go about it in a way that is going to feel light and fun and easy to do. Uh, something that's going to be effective for your audience and that's going to be a good way to communicate. Plus, like I said, there's all of that tech. There's the vocabulary. And if you don't understand the purpose behind email marketing, of course you can't just jump in and try to make it work. You don't understand the why part. Why am I even writing these emails? A lot of times I get asked the question, how often should I write emails? I can't really tell you that. You have to decide that based on the why and your purpose and your intention. It's kind of like gardening, right? If you know that gardening is going to pay off, you'll put more work into it because it is hard work. You got to get down on your knees. You got to get dirty. You got to get your hands in there. And your hard work doesn't pay off for a little while. So you have to like water water and take care of it. Make sure that it's getting nurtured. And then you know it's going to grow into this beautiful flower. And you know what type of flower you are trying to grow. So you can make the decisions around, should I put it in the shade? Should I put it in the sun? How much water should I give it? Should I give it water every day or every other day? Um, I tend to kill every plant that I try to plant. But... My point of that analogy is just that once you understand the purpose and the what's going to come out of this or the potential that could come out of email marketing, you are going to be able to make those decisions how often you need to nurture, how often you need to serve, how often you need to sell, what you need to be showing up and doing. You can't make any of those decisions if you don't understand the purpose and the value behind what you're doing. The thing is that the more in place and balanced your email marketing strategy is, the better off you're going to feel adding adding in this part where you kind of decide about how you're going to um, nurture your audience. And then the better your actual marketing strategy in general is, so how you are doing all of those other things like Pinterest and Instagram and blogging, the better you understand the why behind all of it, the better you're going to be able to make these decisions. Like I said about nurturing your audience, how often and all of that, you're going to have the confidence to make those decisions once you have this strategy in place and you understand the why behind all of it, all the pieces. So I never recommend you do something just because someone told you you should. It's going to be hard and it is a little hard. You know, some of the technology and the vocabulary behind email marketing, I'm not going to tell you it's super simple and easy, But once you push through it and once you realize you can do hard things and you can make this strategy work for you, you're going to be really proud of yourself for doing it and learning a new thing. And it's going to feel so much better when you've tackled that. So that's my two cents on why email marketing is so hard. But I think that sometimes hard things pay off and we can do them. So we just need to push forward and learn how and kind of get that why and that intention behind what we're doing. Same with what we do with all of our marketing strategy. The next question I get a lot is, where do I start? Okay, I want to tackle email marketing, so now what? And the first place to start is with a lead magnet. And you heard me say that I did reference that term before. It's a very simple term that just means something you will give your audience for free in exchange for their very valuable name and email address. 
It's a way to bring people into your world, into your online space, a freebie that you can kind of exchange for them coming and joining your list. But we need to make sure that that freebie, that lead magnet is valuable for our just right person. We don't want it to be valuable to the masses because then we we have the masses on our email list and we're not trying to talk to the masses. We're trying to talk to our perfect people. So there is a lot of thought purpose and work that goes behind choosing a lead magnet, creating a lead magnet, giving it a title and getting it out to the world. But that is your first step. It's kind of identifying who your perfect person is that you want on your list, then identifying what they need and how you can serve them in a way that you can give them a lead magnet or a freebie they will be very interested in that will convince them that, yeah, I do want to hear more from this person because they serve me well. And I want to hear from them over and over again. Not just I want to grab this freebie and then leave their list, but something valuable enough and that hits your niche just right that they want to continue to hear from you and they want to be on your list. It's very valuable when people give us their name and email in this day and age because their email inboxes are full, right? We know this. Ours are full as well. When we give someone our name and email, we're trusting that they're going to show up and serve us what we need. So it's kind of like a matchmaking thing. You want your lead magnet to be like your matchmaker between you and your perfect person. And they've got to get it just right to get the right people on your email list. Me and my analogies today, there was another one. It's a matchmaker. Hype man and gardening. Who knows what's next? All right. The next question is, when do I start email marketing? And do I need a blog first? Do I need to have products first? Where does this fit into my strategy? My belief is that as soon as you can, as soon as you can identify your niche market, the perfect people that you want to talk to, as soon as you even have your business idea and you know you want to show up and serve these certain people, Of course, it makes sense to have products first because we don't want to show up on any marketing platform without something to sell because then what is the purpose of that marketing platform, right? The idea is to to grow our business through marketing. But as soon as you have identified your niche audience and what they need, there is no harm in serving them while you build up your product base or while you build up your offerings, as long as you're not going to ghost them. So I wouldn't start it so early on that you then don't have anything to say or you don't have the energy or the brain space to show up for them. But start it early enough that you can connect with your ideal audience on this, like email is this place where you can connect with your audience on this real level where you can serve them and it feels conversational. It feels like a note passed between friends. feels like a coffee chat. That's so much different than any other platform we're on. It's different than Instagram. It's different than Facebook, different than blogging. It is you and the person on your list. They're almost like a contact in your phone. So as soon as you feel ready to nurture that relationship because you're confident enough in what you're doing to do that, get started. Uh, I wouldn't put it off. But if you're listening to this and you're like, oh no, I'm seven years in and I haven't collected an email address yet, now what? It's okay. It's also never too late to begin. Next question is, what is the best email service provider for beginners? So an email service provider, if you're not familiar with that term, is just a platform that sort of sends emails out to the masses for you and does some of these tricky things like automations and segmentations, which I'll get to in a minute, um, and sort of houses all of the names and email addresses for you so that you can send emails out to them. You've probably heard of some of them, ConvertKit, MailerLite, 
Flowdesk, MailChimp, Kajabi has an email service provider built in. There are lots of email service providers to choose from. I go over all this in the course to help you compare. But the question was, which email service provider is best for beginners? And I actually encourage you to not ask yourself that question. A lot of people approach it this way, and I've seen this inside the Facebook groups. They choose a free plan, whoever is free, because I just don't really want to spend money on this yet. Maybe I'm starting my email list at the beginning of my business journey and I'm not ready to invest yet. However, I would encourage you to look beyond that free piece. Make this your first investment in your business because it will pay off to set it up right from the beginning. So you don't want to choose your email service provider based on which one will serve you and your business right now. You want to choose the email service provider based on the one that will serve you and your business needs in the long run because you do not want to have to switch. Can you switch your email service provider? Yes, you certainly can. Do you want to? No, because once you've already collected these names and emails, you've set up landing pages, you've set up automations and things that work kind of like in the background, you don't want to have to move that all over to another service provider if you don't have to. So I would encourage you to look and compare the different email service providers, but look for one that is going to serve you in the long run. And because most of you have a digital product, um, an online service, you have a course, you have a membership, you're going to want, you might not want them right now, but eventually you're going to want some of those advanced automation capabilities where you can really do some some sales funnels and you can see the flow of those sales funnels and things that are happening on autopilot so that your email strategy kind of is running on its own. You're going to want that in the long run. Businesses I worked with locally did not need that complicated sort of back-end stuff from their email service provider. They just needed to send out, shoot out a coupon once in a while and then an email to let people know classes were happening and an email to connect with their audience. They weren't trying to really divide up their audience and personalize the experience like we will because we have full online businesses. Which kind of leads me to the next question. The question is, how do we keep our automations and sequences organized? Now, I just uh, was talking about that with you. So let me just back up a minute and define what those words mean in case you're unfamiliar. Don't get spooked. Inside your email service provider, you can set things up to happen on autopilot. You don't constantly need to be in your email service provider hitting that send button to broadcast an email out to everyone. You can set it up so that the emails go out automatically based on an action someone takes that you've already set up and it's ready to go. So for example, probably the easiest one to understand is a lead magnet because you've seen this before, right? You go to sign up for a freebie, you put in your name and email, and then instantly you get an email with the freebie in it And then maybe like a day later, you get another email from that person. And then two days later, you get another email from that person. That is an automation. When you signed up for that lead magnet, your information went into that email service provider to be tagged. And then you were automatically sent a sequence of emails based on the action you took. And the person is trying to, we call that like a welcome sequence or a nurture sequence. They're trying to show you what being on their list is all about and what you're going to get from being there. Uh, And that's all set up automatically. Now, that's a really simple automation and a sequence, Um, but they can get super complicated. You can have really detailed sales funnels going on. You can have all kinds of evergreen funnels running on their own. 
again, don't get scared if you're not sure what those terms are. That's kind of a growth strategy, but you can get there. Uh, but if you're already there, the question was, how do I keep my automations and my sequences organized? A lot of email service providers will do this really well. ConvertKit, I'm an affiliate for ConvertKit and Kajabi when it comes to email. ConvertKit and Kajabi both do a nice job of visually laying out your automation so that you can see actual visualizations of like, if if this person does this, then they're going to get this, this, and this. But if they do this, then they're going to get this, this, and this. Some email service providers don't have those kind of um, visuals. So you may want, or you may just prefer to do it yourself. And this is like a planner, you know, you know how teachers have preferences of how they, how they run their planners, whether they do it digitally or they write it down. It's the same thing with your automations. You're probably going to want to put them somewhere so that you can see them and keep track, make sure there aren't any holes or mistakes, but it depends what type of person you are, which way you're going to want to do that. Maybe some people have notebooks full of drawings. Some people have uh, Google sheets. Some people have it some other way digitally. It's totally up to you, but I do think it's helpful to have a visual of what's going on so that you can see if there's any kind of a breakdown and where you need to change things, or maybe there's a subject line that's just not resonating and you need to go in and change that. So whether it's in your email service provider, it's digitally or it's on paper, just do have somewhere where you've visually mapped those out so that you can see what you've kind of got set up and you can make sure that it's all running effectively. Next question is, how do I make my emails look cute? And I don't know if you're going to love my answer for this, but my answer is don't. Don't. Don't make this another thing that needs to be cute because cute takes time on your part. But also email's not really supposed to be cute. It's supposed to be simple. It's supposed to be like one of those notes that we passed to our friend in high school on the way to the bathroom that was all folded up and like just had our pen writing on it. And sometimes we did bubble letters or we drew a picture. We said like, circle if you like me, yes or no. It was like a little interactive, right? Uh, But it doesn't need to be anything fancy. It's supposed to be a note passed from a friend to another. So utilize the options you have in email, which is like text for uh, text formatting. You can add graphics. I love adding GIFs. I'm kind of obsessed. You can use buttons. You can use whatever is in your email editor to make things pop. You can add a signature to your email. You can add your photo to the bottom. You can add a header to a newsletter. Um, Don't clog it up because that's going to affect how well your email gets delivered, whether it gets marked as kind of being spammy because it's got too much of that stuff. That's the other thing. Think about when you open an email and it's so fancy schmancy that you're like, wait, where where is anything that I need here? You just kind of want it simple. You just kind of want to be able to read it real quick and, and go on with your life. You don't need it to be fancy. Uh, I have a strong feeling that I do not like HTML emails, and those are the ones where when you open them visually, it kind of looks like a web page. And sometimes the reason I don't like it is because a lot of times you have to click it to see more. So you'll get those from like the big box companies, your, you know, Ann Taylor Loft and Old Navy, because they want to be able to visually lay out the different clothing items that they have on sale and things like that. If you had a physical product, I could see where you would do that. And as a local business, we do that um, because we like to, visuals are the main thing. But as online, like digital product online businesses that sell digital products, um, most of your content is going to be words. So it doesn't need to be super graphic heavy. One 
One thing I will say is that a lot of my Teacher Hustle University crew members are using Flowdesk, which is a nice kind of compromise between an HTML email and a totally plain email. Flowdesk is in beta mode still at the time of this recording, and I have not tried it personally, so I can't recommend it. But the THU crew members seem to like the way that it has more options visually for you to build out that email and make it look nice without it bogging up someone's email. So if that is a real um, something that you really do value, making your emails look cute, you might check out Flowdesk. This question I love, what is the best subject line you've ever read? Well, I'm going to give myself props for this one. No, I'm, uh, that, that's a terrible thing, but I like pop culture references. So I really like to kind of joke around in my emails. I wrote an email last week about the Engage With Email course, and the, the subject line was, email is the new Tiger King. I really love a good pop culture reference in a subject line, but I'm also hooked by a really great question that I can only find the answer by clicking through to the email or a polarizing subject line that makes me stop and go, wait a second, do I agree with that? Let me see what they say about that. Um, But I would really begin with starting by writing down any subject line that you see come in your email inbox that you really like that makes you click, write it down, start a little file in your Google Drive of the subject lines that you love, and that's a great way to work on your own. Last question is, how do you make sure your emails translate into sales? That's really important, right? We are building our businesses at the end of the day. We're not just writing emails to write emails. We're doing it with the purpose of selling. So my first piece of advice is to, of course, understand your purpose, just like with gardening. What are we doing here? You know, how often do we need to be doing it? How do we balance this out to really serve our perfect person. There is no one formula. I can't sit here and say you need to email weekly and you need to email them this. You know your audience best. You know what type of flower you're planting, what you're nurturing. Um, You have to understand your purpose to be able to set those routines. But my second piece of advice is do not be afraid of the sale. People want to know what their favorite brands are offering. They use email to make purchasing decisions. I know personally I do this. I look forward to hearing from a lot of my favorite brands in email because I want to know, do they have a special? Is there a coupon? Can I share a coupon with a friend? What's going on? If it's a, you know, a recipe or a cooking blog, do they have a new recipe I can try this week? I'm desperate for that. Or, you know, I follow a lot of parenting experts and what activity do they have for me to do with my kids this week? And Go ahead, tell me, what can I buy to serve my kids right now? I will buy it. I am looking at your emails to see how I can be served further with what I need because we've already been matched up. We're already a match. So you find that balance. You figure out what your audience needs and serve them well, whether that's with content that you know they're going to love, tips and tricks, or it's selling Or what I would recommend, both. Just don't shy away from the sale. Otherwise, what is your purpose here? So the theme of this podcast, like many others, is purpose and intention. You need to be marketing and making decisions around marketing with purpose and intention so that you have the confidence to make these decisions and you're not just relying on what someone tells you you should be doing. Uh, If you're ready to tackle your, your email marketing, you're ready to dive in, you want some training around this, it's not too complicated, I really encourage you to get in with the engage with email into the engage with email course now while it's still in beta mode so that you can grab that good pricing. You can give me feedback. I am a very responsive business owner. I will respond and I will serve you whatever it is you need when it comes to email marketing mostly because I love to geek out on it and I would love to have you there and continue this conversation and help you make email light 
and fun and simple for you and your audience. Thanks for being here and I will see you next week. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a creative educator who is wanting to start their business online. Maybe you have started your business, but you can't gain any traction because as soon as you take one step forward, there are a million more things you're supposed to be doing like blogging or podcasting, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Maybe you've heard all the marketing podcasts, but there's so much conflicting information. You just want the roadmap to success. I know sometimes it feels like the big name marketing experts don't understand our lives as teachers. You might be worried you're going to spend all your time and money on creating your online business, or maybe you already have spent tons of time and money and no one is going to show up to buy the thing you have to offer. And you're worried about how you're going to stand out among the rest. If you don't want a degree in marketing, but you want to inspire other teachers and you want to stand out among the rest and create a voice and share your thoughts and ideas and bring in some money, but it all feels a little overwhelming. I have good news for you. You are exactly where you need to be. You have everything you need to share your passion and to make some serious cash in the process. I want to introduce my signature training for creative teachers like you, Teacher Hustle University, and you can get your hands on my step-by-step guide to designing an online business with a strategic, purposeful marketing plan. The Teacher Hustle University framework is your chance to build that solid foundation in marketing for your online business, to make a difference in classrooms around the world, to generate a steady monthly income, and to put it all on autopilot so you can enjoy life's moments. I teach you all of the pieces of the framework for Teacher Hustle University inside my free masterclass, which you can find at alissamcdonald.com slash masterclass.